Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So, another crazy week in sports. Um, USC ruined my parlay. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought them going three overtime with Arizona? Um, NHL is officially back tonight. Um, WNBA gave us the matchup I think everybody wanted with the Aces versus the Liberty uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. The Brave did something that I that I didn't, never saw happen. I guess it never happened in a playoff till yesterday. Uh, probably one of the best baseball games I watched in a very long time. God and of course you have the 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 big one the NFL um, <laughs> and, and mm. college football is, is is kicking into uh, midseason form. I think we have probably the one of the biggest matchups of the year on Saturday, uh, Washington versus Oregon. So. Uh, I'm thinking this is about the time that Pac-12 do like they usually do and start to cannibalize each other. But I wanted to start off with a living lesson uh, pretty much declining before our very eyes. And I'm talking about one Bill Belichick. Half mm. the game passed him by. The game has definitely passed him by. I don't know what the hell is going on. Rodney, the past two games, they only combined for three points. Yeah, and they, they lost 34 nothing to a – I won't say they're a bad New Orleans team, but they're, they're average. Yeah, they're average. Like, don't get me wrong, that the defense is the bread and butter. But if you think about Bill Belichick teams, at least the offense – was always carried by Tom Brady. I, I guess you could say that. That's true. But the defense was always pretty decent. This team has no defense. It has nothing. The run game is terrible. I like Mac Jones. I believe if he's on another team, he'll be great. But I don't know what's going on here. You bring they had Matt Patricia as <laughs> offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, that was like last year. I mean, I don't understand what's going on. Like, maybe Bill Belichick needs to uh, – I don't know, man. I, I, I hate to, like, run him away. Because when you think about Bill Belichick and all those amazing Super Bowl wins and defensive schemes and, and putting things together, he's a shell of his former self, Rodney. Yeah, and I, I read something that I found very interesting that he – has now lost 25 games without Tom Brady. During the Tom Brady era, they only lost 24 games together in the regular season. That's incredible. That is incredible. And you see when Tom Brady moved on and, and, you know, relocated down to Tampa, he brought them a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, and New, New England might be the worst team in the league. No, they are by far. They're definitely the worst team in the league. They're, they're then right I would say the Giants. <laughs> yeah, they're right there with the Giants. They're right there in Denver. 
Yeah, I thought Denver was really terrible, but they got some. Light. They got at least a, a shining light. I don't see where nothing's gonna come for this team, man. Like I, they're really bad. Like on all, just everybody's just bad. Yeah, th- this week in the NFL, I, I I feel like we found out New England is in. Like they have one win, they'll probably be lucky to win two more. The Forty ers I don't know if they're that great, or if they just poked holes all through Dallas. Um. I knew I thought Dallas was gonna lose. I didn't have it forty two to ten though. Mm. You know what, Rodney? I won't say that I had it as a forty two to ten. But any given Sunday with Dak, man, we, we we both know Dak Prescott, Rodney. Dak will make the score even much worse than what it's supposed to be. Cause he just wants to give the ball away so bad. Something in the inside of him wants to turn the ball over. I, I don't get it with this man. Every season, he does the same shit over and over again. And we act like it's, it's brand new. Like, he's a turnover machine. Remember he came back yeah. from injury last season? <laughs> yeah, those turnovers on Sunday were bad. Um, it looked like the Detroit Lions made the right decision um, I know there's been talk between they should have drafted Michael Person over Panay Sewell. Michael Persons was non existent in that game. Trent Williams neutralized him um, to the point that they had to move him to the other side to get him away from Trent Williams. So it looks like Brad Holmes made the right decision. No, no, he definitely made the right decision. And you know what's crazy? What's crazy to me, man, is like both of those guys are amazing players. And I, I think Michael Parsons is a, a once in a lifetime player, but I think Panay Sewell is like really a once in a lifetime too, man. He has a he has the opportunity to come in and, and be with this Lions team for a long period of time and protect the quarterback. And it, and what we needed since I've since I've been young. I never seen anyone. I never seen the Lions with a great offensive line like I seen them now, where guys have time to be in the pocket. They're creating holes for the running back. I grew up with Barry Sanders running for his life. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess the scary thing about the Lions is we, they've had pretty, pretty good above average defensive lines. Right, mhm, but I don't know if I've ever seen the Lions have a defensive line um where you had interchangeable parts, and not only that, you had probably a top five defensive end that is just a pure just disruptor. The interception that Aiden Hutchinson made on Sunday, I don't know how many corners make that interception. But right. long defensive ends. All right, that was like, man, that was incredible. 
like being at the game and then seeing it, like I was like, whoa, that was that was nuts. And I was down on that end when it actually happened too. So, um, yeah, that, that was that was awesome. Yeah, I was watching it on TV and I was like, when the play happened, I'm like, did he just? I'm like, was that one handed? Like, it's like he was being blocked, shared the block kind of overran the pass, reached back and grabbed it with one hand. And it's like, how many defensive men can actually make this play? Yeah, like that was incredible. And you know what? I want to say something else too, Rodney. Shout out to the fans, man, and to the home crowd. Like they made that place. You couldn't hear yourself think, man. Like people made that. I don't I don't know how it was on being at home, Rodney, if you can actually hear the crowd. Yeah, you, right, you could hear the crowd. The the announcers, like there was a few times the crowd drowned out the uh, ref making call. There was a few times where the announcers uh, on, on TV made mention of how loud the, the stadium was. Yeah, like it was it was nuts, man. Like I that had to be the loudest game that I had ever endured there. And I, I think that was louder than the opening game. I think they broke the decibel uh thing at the opening game, but this one here was just crazy, man. Like it just felt like the energy felt different too. And then it it felt different from the jump. Once you've seen like Devin Booker there, Isaiah Thomas, Eminem, um, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, like you had so many different stars there. Jalen Rose was there. Um, some people would say Kevin Durant was there too. You've seen a Kevin Durant sighting, but I didn't happen to see him on the big screen. They had more focus on Devin Booker because he was he was coming home. So mm-hmm. you know, of course, he's from here. Um, it was just so many different stars and celebrities there, man. It and that was just. Cracking the ice. It was a bunch of other ones too. Of course, um, you had a uh, is it Key from Key and Peel? Am I saying it okay. right? Yeah, yeah he, he was there. He's local too. Yeah, he's local. And then you had the uh, the guys from uh, I forgot the doggone names. Um, from the, from the Comedy Central duo, I forgot those guys. Now I, I feel bad because those guys are like hilarious. Uh, Sam, I forgot his last name. Anyway, those guys are hilarious, and they were there too. And it just was so many different people there, man. It, the energy felt so different. It felt like this is going to be – they put Taylor Swift on the board and booed her. <laughs> <laughs> then they show Eminem. It was like – they did the things like, you know, when they, they show like one thing you should cheer for and then one thing you don't cheer for, and you like you have to choose. I was like, oh, this is crazy, man, like. It just the atmosphere is really electric, man. Uh, I'm excited to be um, part of the Lions fan base, man. Right now, we need that. And you're and you're going to the game this weekend, right in in Tampa. Yes, and I am flying to Tampa after the game was over with, man. Everybody was electric and excited. Um, people was people were still cheering, like walking away from the game. People were yelling. Uh, everybody was like, "We're going to Tampa." We're going, to, you know, they just were chanting anything. Like everybody was just chanting and excited, uh, excited about this. And yeah, I can't wait to go to Tampa and celebrate and hopefully get a W. Yeah, and I, I think what made this game is different. I think everybody going in expected them, expected the Lions to beat Carolina. I don't the the fashion in which they they beat Carolina in, in every facet of the game. I mean, even. 
when you put in your reserves, you got Craig Riddles running for a touchdown. Um, and just seeing the brotherhood of the team, seeing David Montgomery being the first one out on the field to celebrate Craig Reynolds and uh, things like that, to, to see the connection that Jared Goff has developed with some of the other wide receivers, not named St. Brown. Um, only only thing was missing was J-Mo and his alligator arm now, now wanting to catch the ball. Yeah, you know what I can see from him, too? Um he got to get his speed back together. Um, it, it felt like his speed, his burst wasn't like really, but it, it's his first time, and the wire, the cornerbacks was playing off of him. They made sure they put somebody over the top of him too. Uh, when you looked at those, and, and also, you know what, Craig Reynolds played his ass off too, right? I'm not taking nothing away from Craig Reynolds, but I would have loved to see Gibbs in there going against that that uh, that Carolina defense. That way, he can kind of build up a little bit of. Uh, you know, just build up some, how can I say it, Rodney? Build up some, I don't know, get, I don't know how to say it, man. It just He has to build up something. Because it, it feel like to me, like, if you look at it again, I like Montgomery and I like Reynolds. And maybe Gibbs. Because it feel like Reynolds just has something to prove. Yeah, and then Gibbs is kind of your change of pace. You could, you could put him out on, um, in the slot somewhere, um, I, I would like to see them do some kind kind of combination with him, Gib with Gibbs, St. Brown and, and Reynolds and, and like trips or something. Um, I th- I think that's a matchup nightmare. Um, yeah. See now now we thinking the same thing, Rodney. I would like for them to to blend something together if they can put if they can put uh, Gibbs in the slot. You know, and move some guys around. And then that way you can have, like, a lot of different threats out there. You can even have Montgomery in there for block. Montgomery and his blocking has been really good, too. Um, the only thing I don't like, Rodney, and I'm going to say this, I don't like Jared Goff taking unnecessary hits. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, I just don't understand. To get rid of the ball, especially if we up big like that or we, you know, we really just running out the clock. And then take some of those guys out to it. And we were blowing those guys out. They had no chance of coming back. When it's the fourth quarter like that. And we were we were, I think we ended the we ended the third quarter going into the fourth and we were like in scoring position. As soon as we scored, let the other guys come in. Like they they weren't gonna come back. That team was terrible. So they're not gonna come back. Okay, I have two other takeaways from the NFL on this this past weekend. Okay. One from some this past weekend Sunday and one from yesterday's game. I have been a John Harbaugh supporter and I don't know because on paper the Ravens are talent wise are superior of, of of the Baltimore Steelers. I don't know of any <laughs> other coach like you couldn't have paid me to say the Steelers were going to win that game. And somehow, some way, Mike Tomlin finds another way to beat John Harbaugh in what was probably one of the hardest games of this football season to watch. I mean, it was 10-17, to 17, <laughs> final score. Uh, but the, the fact that the Ravens once again uh, with – Lamar Jackson, I know Odell went out 
with an injury. Um, Again. But their wide receiver core is still pretty talented. The fact that you have Lamar Jackson and you can only muster up ten points, I I I don't know what's what's going on in Baltimore at this point. Um, it, it seems like they should be better. They should show more progress than, than what they have. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to. I don't know if John Harbaugh's the issue. I don't know if Lamar Jackson the issue. But it just it seems odd that they have these games where they're only putting up 10, 13, 17 points. Uh, and then the the Raiders. Josh McDaniels, he he did one of the, I don't know, it was very Dan Campbell-ish from the the Minnesota game last year. Why are you kicking a long field goal at fourth and one with two minutes left and all you need is to get a first down to ice the game? Didn't understand (laughs) it. Literally, field goal hits the upright. You literally give Green Bay the ball back with a time on in like a minute 50 left. Now, luckily for them, Jordan Love, was challenging his inner deck Prescott and threw an interception, but I I just didn't understand those coaching decisions. I I don't know at this point what's going on in Baltimore. Okay, I got a couple of different takeaways from this week as well, but I, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna chime in on this Baltimore uh, situation. The only thing that I you gave all this money. To Lamar Jackson, and it feels like it feels like they it feels like they want him to just be like a pocket passer. It was a couple times it felt like he like the week before that he was running, he was doing good. He ran for a couple touchdowns. He was balling. This being stripped from behind, like his awareness being stripped from behind, that's that doesn't make any sense to me. The interception that he threw didn't make any sense. Um. It's just that offense isn't really that great right now. I know you said he got some good offensive weapons, but I don't see it. Um, the run game is non-existent. It, it just – I don't know where it's going. Um, the wide receivers – I like Andrews as far as for the tight end. His blocking is good, his catching. But besides that, man, like those those wide receivers can't get open to save their life, man. Like they just they, – they have no breakaway speed. Guys don't have any moves. I thought that – if Odell could have been healthy, he could have been great. Cause it, it seemed like he can get some separation, but nobody can get separation, man. And that they're missing that Hollywood Brown. They're missing some of those guys that can create. They should have went and got uh some free agents, man, that were that were out there, man. Uh D Hop was out there. It was a couple other guys. It felt like they if they would have got a couple other guys that can create some separation or demand double teams, none of those wide receivers out there scare me or demand a double team to me. No, I don't need to – no, I don't need to do anything. Like, those guys are are not that good. And Lamar Jackson, he's waiting for plays. I understand he's waiting back there. He's waiting for plays to generate. He's waiting for guys to, to, have, to break away or he's waiting for an opening. He, even sometimes he's trying to throw guys open. But you can't do it with those wide receivers, man. I don't fear them. I, I think the Lions are actually going there and kick their ass in Baltimore. The defense is good for Baltimore, don't get me wrong. 
But all you have to do is literally score like 24 points and you'll win the game against Baltimore. If you can score 24, 27 points, you'll beat them. Because they can't yeah, score I, no more. Than, yeah. Yeah, that... I, I, I don't know if I should... If I'm more amazed at the fact that Mike Tomlin is winning with a mediocre quarterback, uh, some manged on wide receivers, um, it, it just seems like every year, no matter what you give Mike Tomlin, he, he finds a way to win the game that they're not supposed to win. I know, and that's what I was saying with Mike Tomlin, man. That lets you know that he's one hell of a coach. Even last year, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were damn close, man. And and before then, he always and he always had a positive record with them. So that lets you know that that man is is one hell of a coach. I think he's like he's actually one of my favorite coaches, man. Yeah, he. Um, I don't know. So much to happen in the NFL. So much to happen in in college this weekend. George. Okay. Hey, Ronnie, before we before we move on, I, I just want to do one more takeaway for the NFL. Um, this this week right here was a very for my takeaway for the NFL. The injuries, Rodney. So many people, so many dyma- dynamic players have been injured this season so far, and it just it it blows my mind. Um to see Mosley go down, that really ma- and then and then he only played two plays, Rodney. Yeah, very, very um, Aaron Rodgers-ish. Um, he feel bad for the brother. He was just coming back from an ACL, and then he blows the ACL in his other knee. Um, yeah, and then HN for the for Miami, who's having one hell of a season, man. Yeah, and they're and, talking about he may be on IR. And then also Jefferson, the yeah, best but, wide receiver. Yeah. And he's headed to IR too. Yeah, I mean, you you can't make this up with these injuries, man. Like, I, and then we thought we—not just only that though. It was a couple other injuries as well, um, from a lot of dynamic players. We almost lost. Uh, we almost lost Travis Kelsey again. Yeah, um, I don't very, know if it's a turf. Yeah, that was a very—I don't want to say fluke. Play. Um, I was watching that game when it happened, and it was like, did his cleat get stuck in the turf? Like, I don't like you said. I don't want to speculate it was the turf, but it did look like his cleat got stuck down in there or something. And and that's what I was just about to allude to. Also, Anthony Richardson, uh, who's having a great season for the Colts, winds up getting injured. But yeah, you, you're right, man. I think it's. I'm, I was gonna say, I think it's a turf, Rodney. Um, also, if you uh, if you paid attention to some of the football that went on overseas, over in London, um, Buffalo lost that game to uh, 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 a decent. Yeah, he balled out. But a lot of players, including Jacksonville players, said that it felt like they were playing on concrete. And some of those hits really take a toll on a lot of those players, man. They said their bodies were freaking aching um, playing on that that turf, man. So hopefully the NFL can do something about this. Man, and and I feel like Jacksonville had an unfair, unfair advantage. Uh, 
because they were in London the week before, so they literally didn't have to travel. They were adjusted, adjusted, and Buffalo had to travel, get adjusted, and all that other stuff. Where Jacksonville was already in the the London bubble per se. Now you're right about that too. They definitely had an advantage. Um, losing six hours of time traveling over there. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy to me. And then they were already comfortable over there. They already knew the field. They already knew how what they were coming into. And then I, I, when you practice over there, you actually practice. You know how they, here we have, like, practice facilities. They have practice facilities. Those guys practice at the stadium because they don't have the practice facilities for NFL players, of course, over there in London. So um, I learned that as well. Like, when they practice, they practice in the stadium. So I'm like, wow, that is insane. Um you know how usually most teams they the Lions they practice at the Lions training facility or yeah. you know or, yeah since they were over in London that that was a training facility they trained on the field and practice so they know all the they know exactly how the field is going to be they know exactly everything is going to be in that stadium so they definitely had the upper hand and the advantage and they took advantage of it and they won so shout out to Jacksonville they they played their asses off um in Buffalo unfortunately that they came out of that with injuries and uh, and a loss in a tough division. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because I think the Lions are due to travel overseas next year. So I know, and I don't. I hate it, man. Because yeah, I, I'm I'm not a fan of the <laughs> overseas game in the very least. Um, Coach Prime won another game, won ugly, but shout out to to Coach Prime. You it's not a I thought they were gonna blow those guys out. Yeah, there there was a lot of Arizona and the fact that they were able to handle USC. Um Georgia and Michigan look like the two best teams finally in the country. Um they and Georgia just smacked Kentucky. Um, no offense or bust about it. Michigan is the second player of the game. Just made a statement. Will Johnson taking it to the house. Ohio State struggled with Maryland at one point. Maryland had the league, and then Ohio State pulled away. Uh, and like I said, it feels like the Pac-12 is about to do what they do every year and cannibalize each other. So. Uh, but this this is like the ultimate best time. You got NBA starting up. You got Major League Baseball. You got the NHL kicking off tonight. Hell, you got the WNBA championship. Um, shout out to the Las Vegas Aces because if there was one team they struggled with this this season, it was the Liberty. And it's like they hit a, a whole nother gear Sunday. Uh, Belsey, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Great Ages. They 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 rose up and just did the doggone thing. Man, you know what? I didn't know that they were gonna beat the crap out of them like that. Did you see that coming too? I I mean I knew they were gonna win, but I didn't know they were gonna destroy them like that. No, I didn't see it coming. The, the celebrities were everywhere at that game. If it was <laughs> if it was celebrities at the Lions game, they I think the Las Vegas Aces 
Brady was there. <laughs> yeah, and did you see that? Did you happen to see uh, Brady taking jump shots? Yeah. Did you see that? Man, that guy had water, man. His his jump shot, he's like freaking Clay Thompson out there. Jesus. Okay, Tom Brady. I didn't know he had water like that. Shooting the blood out of that bad boy. Yeah, so I was like, so he's like a multi-talented at this point. Yeah, like, man, I, that's that kind of blew him. I did see him, like, playing ball with his son because his sons really like basketball, too. And of course, they like basketball and football. But, yeah, I didn't know that Tom Brady had a game like that, man. Just that that blew my mind. Okay, it's, um, there are two topics before we get to um, – the rest of our top five movies and music that um, I want to talk about. One, um, did you hear about was 50 Cent's calling out Diddy, saying that he um, has something to do with Tupac's murder and to get a lawyer ready? Yeah, I actually heard the audio today um, of um, the guy that got arrested um, actually confessing and... Um, saying that Diddy paid those guys a million dollars um, to kill Tupac and Suge Knight. So, yeah, that that blew my mind, too, because there's audio behind it. And guys confessing to the police that Diddy has something to do with it. So, of course, I tried to go on to Diddy's uh, page on Instagram because I want to see if Diddy got something to say about it. And... um for some reason, I wasn't able to get into it, so I don't know. Maybe I don't. Uh, he so he did did he um, did just post on his Instagram page something about love. Okay, all right, yeah. So I I don't know. At the time when it when it first happened, I was trying to get onto the page, and I'm like, maybe he uh, maybe he like hid it or deactivated. But yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Like, that's crazy. If this is true. Then this this really blows my mind. Like I, yeah, this yeah, really blows my mind. Been like, I won't say rumor, but this can been like, because rumors aren't really the right. It's been whispers that did he, but one of those things where you like eh, you hear it, but like you don't think like Diddy would you know do something like that. Yeah. You know, it it was it's funny that this is coming out like this because it was always conspiracy theories that uh that Diddy and uh and Suge Knight had something to do with with the murders of Tupac and Biggie and that they gained more off of the deaths of Biggie and Tupac mm. than they had when they were alive and all the rights and all everything to the music and everything. Like, they were ahead of their time as far as, like, plotting and planning, if this is true. Because after this all took place, they said that Diddy and Suge Knight, of course, were in the same place, like, multiple times. They even hung out with each other. It's a rumor that Suge Knight smacked Diddy before at a party. Um, it just, it's all types of, like, crazy stuff. So you never know, man. I, I'm i just blown away by this whole thing. I, I never thought that... Uh, this would transpire like I. <laughs> it was just rumors, you know, conspiracy theories. But maybe this is is something to it. Hmm. Man, that is crazy. If this is so true, Rodney. Yeah, that's nuts. 
Yeah, so speaking of, of, of trolls, Drake. <laughs> what do you think of the album, Rodney? Before we before we, we move on to the trolls uh, situation and also Birdman's taking up for him and all that stuff. What do you think of this album from Drake? I know we this is jumping into music early because you've been waiting on it. I've been waiting on it. What do you think? Uh, so... Um, if you listen to the podcast previously, you know how I feel about Drake album. But this was one I was anticipating. And I, I scrolled through the songs and I'm instantly irritated because why is it 23 of them? Yeah, that's a lot. That's if a lot. This album with 10 songs, it would be a damn good album. Especially if I can pick the 10 song. But I got 13 unnecessary songs. Yeah. And I got a whole bunch of, I don't know, um, and I know Drake has taken time off um, to address his mental health. And so, um, but it is definitely not what I expected. Virginia Beach, I, I thought I was going to get a push or tea dish, but I got like a love song. So, uh, and then I feel like one of the best songs in the album, He's Washed by J. Cole. So there's that. Um, I, I, I don't, part of me feels like Drake has had an identity crisis. Yeah. It just this album, in my opinion, if since we were anticipating it so much, and that album with him and Twenty One Savage was really good, I can't even front on that was a really good album. Like that was really good. And then you go to this. Um, I just wasn't. I didn't. I didn't. I'm not digging the album. Not, not at all. It's actually one of the most forgettable Drake albums that I've heard. It's not really that great to me. Do I agree with Joe Budden? No, because a lot of people have different opinions from me. Um, then that's when I realized I, I'm the old nigga in the room, Rodney. <laughs> Where, like, a lot of young people tell me, man, this, these are some bangers, man. I, and I'm like, you know what? This shit is terrible to me. And I, I just, and I, that's not usually like my thing, because I'm, I'm a huge Drake fan, and, and, I, and I love Drake. But this, this just didn't do it for me, uh, maybe because it's not... The mood that I'm in right now, maybe I'm doing something totally different in my life, but none of the nothing really like stood out to me. I like the song with J Cole. I, I think J Cole went in, but J Cole been in his bag. Last couple of songs I heard him on the song with him and Little Yachty, and he's singing at the. I mean, he's rapping at the end. He's going crazy on that song. So I'm like, man, J Cole is like he's prepping up for something right now. And the song I like with him and Twenty One Savage is really good. But then it's, it it cuts to like this interlude. In the middle of the song, and this girl's like ranting, and I'm like, yes. "What the fuck is this? That's stupid. I don't want to hear that shit." And that, and that's that goes that goes back to the argument I always make about Drake, the way he puts albums together. Yeah, like who thought of this shit? Like you mess up a song that was a potential banger with you and Twenty One again, and then you cut to like an interlude where this girl is like ranting about nothing, and it just, I I hated it. I didn't like it at all. Um. The album started off really slow. I thought he should have did like the thing he did before with like a side A and side B. Maybe had like all 
rap songs and then at the other part have like all R&B songs. Instead, you blend them together. So it starts off with four songs that start off real slow. And you're like, okay, all right. I'm sick of the fucking crying. And then you go to two decent rap songs. Well, I guess you can call them rap songs. And then it goes to the song with um with 21 and then that interlude. It just, it was, it, I don't know, man. I, I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't my, my cup of tea. It just seemed like this year is like really disappointing me for uh for hip hop, man. I'm still rocking with Killer Mike and it's a couple other songs. I just thought that uh little Uzi did a horrible job. I thought Drake did a horrible job. Yeah, just it was it's bad for me, man. I, I, I thought Nas did a good job. But when I when you only point out I think it's only date probably five decent hip hop albums in a year, that's bad. That's yeah, bad, right? And- I don't I don't know how much else we're, we're going to get this year. I, I know Rhapsody is supposed to be releasing something. Wayne. But I... I yeah, Little Wayne released something. Some, that's what it is. It's something. It, it wasn't good either. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is he doing? And I'm like, oh. I don't know, man. I'm just it's disappointed because the 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 songs he have, has been on, he he was rapping like the the Wayne of old kind of, and then he puts this out and it's like, ah, uh, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know what it is too. It's the it's the no features thing. Like I'm expecting some big time features. I don't know why these celeb celebrities these rappers now they don't want to. They don't want to have like ultimate albums with good, good features on there, and or, or put something together. It just, it feel like these albums are missing something. And you know who I blame for that? Yeah. It he kind of messed. He kind of messed it up for everybody. Yeah, and then he should have been. Oh, go ahead, brother. I'm gonna say it worked for him, and then everybody else was like, oh, "I'm gonna do an album with no features." Right, and then he went back and did features on his albums, which <laughs> I said, "Damn, he done mind fucked him." He came out and he he had an album with no features, and then he came out with features after that. I don't. I, I think I, my thing now for hip hop is like collab albums. I think I'm I'm really digging collab albums. Um, there been a couple of little Detroit albums that came out, but I I don't know. I guess the payroll and the. Um, and the uh, the kid album was straight. It, the kid and play album, um, it was all right. It just, I was expecting much more out of them too. It just, it wasn't really that great either. So I know that I'm probably gonna hear people talk shit about that to me, but for my opinion, yeah, y'all can they can talk mess about me too because I'm I'm in complete agreement there. Uh, yeah, so. that shit. Yeah, that shit was terrible. Damn. Yeah. It, <laughs> and now you got the the Birdman has become Drake's. Um, if Drake was Beyonce, Birdman would be his Kanye West right now. Yeah, like it, man. I I don't understand what the hell is going on with Birdman and freaking uh and Whack One Hundred man being on Clubhouse, old as hell with them young guys. Just bringing up random shit, man. It just makes no sense to me. To go at Gilly the Kid, too. 
And Gilly's actually one of the good dudes in hip hop, man. And like, you know, he has he cracks his little jokes and stuff, but uh Gilly and Wallow are actually pretty cool, man. Uh, and and to see both of them go at, you know, it, yeah, that didn't make no sense to me. And I understand them going at Joe Budden because Joe Budden, I love Joe Budden, but it just feels like if somebody else would have said that, then I would have understood it. But the place that Joe Budden comes from, maybe I'm the old nigga in the room too. The place that Joe Budden comes from, he's trying to critique an album. But they the, the older than us. Yeah, the thing that he, the thing that he's saying, right? He's trying to say that Drake needs to find a, a different fan base, but that's what's working for him. He doesn't need to find a different fan base. He's saying he needs to make an album for, for old dudes, but I'm going to be honest with you, Rodney. I mean, I do pay for my music subscription just like you do, but I'm not buying no fucking albums, bro. I'm not buying singles. I'm not spending a dollar. That's why I pay for a subscription. <laughs> the, the only thing that I'm about to buy... Is um Nas is they're they're releasing the I Am album on vinyl as it was originally intended. Now see, I I could understand it. that. Yeah, that's your guy. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. But I'm not buying a, a ringtone. I'm not buying a snippet. I'm not paying fifty cents, twenty five. I'm not paying ten cents for a song. And I think that. Old people feel the same way, man. Like, we're not paying for that shit. So it's a young generation. If Drake is reaching the young generation with his music, then so be it. I'm not, I don't want him to change his fan base to try to appease some dudes that's not going to really buy his shit. Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, he has to appeal to a younger audience. So with him hanging out with younger artists and, and picking their brain and having them as featured artists on his album, I understand. Because that's where he's that's the fan base he's trying to reach. And I thought Joe Budden was wrong for that. And, and for him not understanding he's officially really the super old nigga in the room. For him not even understanding that. Like that that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I I don't, I, I don't know, because Drake is well, J. Cole, I feel like has done it better figuring out his his role as he's um, older, elder statesman, but he's not like they're both. What J Cole? I want to say is thirty eight. Drake is thirty six. So they're as as J Cole would say, they're 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 the middle child. They ain't the OGs yet, but they they not. This it. This ain't ten years ago. No, I I, I get it. But you know, like you critic you can't criticize Drake for being on the albums with with young artists. When when Nas and, and J. Cole himself or and also everybody they've been on songs with plenty of younger artists and that, that means that they're trying to generate from that or, or get recognition from that generation by being featured on that album or having them you know, you're trying to draw attention to the younger generation, like, hey, I mean that's that's basically what he's doing. So I was kind of surprised too from the features that was on uh that was on Drake album, like him having Little Yachty on there and a couple other younger artists. And I'm like, damn, this shit kinda I don't wanna hear Lil Yachty on in Drake, you know, like I I think that collab kinda sucks. I didn't want to hear Lil Yachty and J. Cole either. If you go and listen to that song, 
Lil Yachty sucks on that song. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. J. Cole, like, is the reason why you came for that song. So, I don't know. It, I don't know. I'm still trying myself to kind of get used to some of the, the the mumble rap, or you know, I'm I'm trying to get used to some of it. Some of it is good if it has a catchy beat to it or a catchy hook. But other than that, like, you can't tell me they dropping bars if the if the beat not dope or if the hook not if there's no hook to it. They not dropping no bars. You can't mumble me some bars. <laughs> Now, Rodney, I got a, another question for you, too. All right. We down to the nitty gritty, man. It's October. Who going to save us? Because we thought it was going to be Drake. This could be one of the worst years for hip-hop music. And I, I'm hearing a lot of people come out and say certain things. I'm hearing other artists saying uh, music execs now are changing things up because they're getting sick of hip-hop. They feel like hip-hop is dying. What do you think? Well, in my defense, um, Narcia Jones tried to tell y'all about <laughs> years ago <laughs> that hip hop was dead. <laughs> so, who saves us? I feel like it's the 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 man with the the talked about verse from the Drake album. I feel like it's got to be J Cole. Well, by saving us, he has to come out with music consistently. Um, the one like thing we get, the, we get the "It's a Boy" album. Yeah, because it's the thing about him and Kendrick Lamar. Um, they they wait too long, man. That that's the thing that that's the thing right there. If those two guys are they're the most major influences in hip hop, and and before then, along with Drake, don't get me wrong, we talk about the big three. Along with Drake, is Drake is tired. He's tired, man. I love Kendrick Lamar and I love J Cole, but when those guys are hiding and they're fucking riding bicycles or or going through shit and they're not doing, you know, through the city, they're not even fucking paying attention to music. Drake was there. Drake gave you bangers. Drake carried you. Drake gave you features. Drake was had hip hop on his back for so long. And then here come Kendrick Lamar sometimes. Here come J. Cole sometimes. And then they'll they'll come out with their little shit. Then they'll go back and hide. And Drake always been there. They help you through your summers. Help you through those winters. Now when Drake is tired and the shit that he put out is fucking dog water, Rodney. That shit's trash. I'm not gonna even I can't even front. It's not good. It's not good. Probably five he'll he'll come up with some singles and people they're gonna play it over and over again. It's gonna be embedded in your brain. But it's not a good album. Now we need you, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. Where are you? We putting the bat signal up. You guys better show up, man. You got to give us an album before this year is over with. Help us. I know Kendrick Lamar gave us something. Give us an EP or something. Give us a mixtape. We need some shit, man. Yeah, we definitely do. And Big Sean, where the hell are you at, God damn it? Uh, apparently we <laughs> yeah like what the fuck he, this is why he's not considered big three cause he's really hiding like come on out there man and, and create some music man we need we need you out here Yeah, this is a horrible year for hip hop this year is terrible 
which is so disappointing to me because I feel like we came off a really good year for hip hop. But like the last two years have been really good, and this just has been an ultimate disaster. Yeah, just a slap in the face. But like Beyonce, sound the alarm. Yeah, it's just it's a slap in the face, man. Yeah, this 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 year for hip hop here, man, it just it just hasn't been, and it started off kind of kind of shaky too, and and the women were kind of like kind of carrying us for a while, and then then the songs just got really bad. Yeah, like they, they were, <laughs> yeah, the songs just got really bad, and I can't, and it's always been bad hip hop. We talked about that before, Rodney. We said it's always been awful hip hop songs. But they can't be consecutive from big artists. That Bongo song with fucking Megan the Good and, and Cardi B is terrible. <laughs> that can't be that can't be what's carrying Sexy Red, my coochie pink booty hole brown. That can't be carrying us. Like we need even for like female artists, like we need some we need this has just been a it's been a rough year, man. It's yeah, been a rough year. And I um just remember when Hip hop and, and R and B because even it was funny because I was at work, I was in my R and B bag while the student was working. And I was like, "Damn, y'all don't even have really good R and B singers out right now." Right, and the crazy part about it, R and B has been basically kind of carrying us right now. Um, if you want to just talk about music wise, like I guess you could say R and B has been like the unsung hero. They've been carrying us through, but hip hop, yeah, hip hop is definitely not. Uh, it's not doing it. You get a lot of uh, young talent. Um, the young lady from uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, nice breath of fresh air, man. She's so multi talented. What's her name again? Right now, I forgot uh, her name. Coco Jones. Coco Jones. Yeah, man, breath of fresh air. And and this seems like with R and B, R and B is always evolving. You always get these these hidden talents that come along, man. And you get a lot of song. It shows that's catered to them. That's what it is too. You can go on to like something like The Voice, and then you can catch some R and you can catch some R and B artists on there. Or, you know, it's a lot of singing. Of course, it's R and B. But where's the hip hop shows that that's catering to hip hop? We had shows like that in the past. We had the one with Nipsey Hussle, T.I., and Cardi B was the last one that we seen. But you don't see shows like that anymore where guys are battling or, or trying to go for a contract and you find it like hitting rappers through there. You don't find stuff like that no more where people freestyling and, and, and trying to, you know, generate an audience to, to build their fan base because they don't have that anymore. It feels like hip-hop artists feel like they, they own celebrities. Especially being here in Detroit too, like anybody can come out with an album and get their own little small fan base and go on a Midwest tour. But yeah, we missing that man. We missing that bad. Hip hop needs a savior, man. Oh, you just made me think of the, the what was that the Eminem song and Dr. Dre. Yeah, it does bad, man. I. I was just reflecting. I'm like, damn. And then you expect these other guys, like Eminem's 50 years old. You're expecting these old guys to come in. And, but they're going to give you, like, 
a different perspective. And they're going to give you old bars, and they probably don't have that same pop anymore like they, they did yeah, before. And I was arguing with somebody about the Nas album. They didn't like it. And I was like, he's turning 50. Like, it's, it's a very much a reflective album of where he's at right now in his life. Like, this is a milestone. And for him to be 50, and he's hell, in what, the four years he put out six, six albums. Right. And, and like I said, a lot of people aren't going to get it because they're going to want something. You know, you're going to want something where you want some flashy, you want some dope boy music. And these older guys, like, they're in a different headspace. They're not going to give you that. They don't They don't have that anymore. They don't need it. They're going to get you a real-life problem. That's why I like Killer Mike album. Killer Mike album was so good because it just gave you real-life problems. Like, that's what he was coming from, from a, a grown man perspective. Being a black man in America, um, about having a child um and losing that child you know just different things man like that's what they're he's rapping about real life shit man it they can't give you the dope boy perspective no more because they don't have it they can't give you the trap music perspective you can get you guys that can give you a trap music perspective but do you really want to hear it from them you know do you want to hear from officer ricky or or any of those other guys that's gonna (laughs) give you a fake perspective like you can get that yeah you can get it not Officer Ricky. Yeah, man. Like, if that's what you wanted from... Speaking of him, he said that his album... I love Port of Miami. I thought Port of Miami is definitely one of Rick Ross' best albums. If not the best, it's one it's top, it's top three of his best albums. But, you know, they always try to pit him and 50 Cent against each other, of course, because they got that long history. But um, he was saying how his album is better then 50 Cent's album, and it's going to continue going on and on. Um, he said he thinks his album has long, more better jeavity than 50 Cent's first album, Get Rich or Die Trying. And I just, I just, I'm a numbers guy. So I remember Get Rich or Die Trying coming out, and that album, man, I mean, almost a million albums sold. I remember Port of Miami coming out. I don't think it's sold... Mm-hmm. 200,000. I only think it's so a, a quarter of a million copies. But I still think it's Rick Ross' best album. Oh, it's Rick Ross' best album, but it still isn't a get rich or die trying. Like, it just, the, you know, it, it's two different perspectives. Because I guess, like, when you think about Rick Ross' album, it, it, Port of Miami is an amazing album. Don't get me wrong. It just is not a get rich or die trying. I think you can hear the hunger. You can hear different things. And then also, Rick Ross was saying, you know, you got so many people behind that album. You got Dr. Dre, who's amazing, behind that album. You got Eminem, who's amazing, behind that album. You got other people that's behind that album, too. So they help, you know, put this together. But if you listen to that album, you realize a lot of those songs, 50 Cent already had those songs out on his previous album before that. And they Mm -hmm. took some of those songs and put them over as a bonus song. Yeah, so he had a lot of those songs already. But the album was going to be great already because the momentum that 50 Cent was going and the hunger and, you know, the beefs and everything he was in actually made that album great. Yeah, and that, um, what you brought up with my original complaint with the album. I was like, I got it. And I'm like, I've heard half these songs heard. And people are like, what? I'm like, it's off his first, like, his last mixtape. Like, 
Right. You know what it was, Rodney? We was actually blessed to uh, know how to do certain things. What people used to do is they'd go to the bootleg man and go buy CDs or, you know, because a lot of people wasn't familiar with mixtapes. I was blessed to have a computer at home. I know that's, that sounds crazy, but a lot of people didn't have computers like that. Or, you know, a lot of people didn't have computers. A lot of people didn't have cable. We were mm-hmm. blessed, Rodney, because we can go on LimeWire, all types of different things, and download stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we already was up on the game already. We didn't have to wait for the boule man to come with a mixtape or or come with something. We already knew what the hell. We had unlimited music already. So, yeah, we fire up that AOL CD for 30 days free. <laughs> we was all good. Yeah, this this just uh, I don't know. I'm hoping two twenty twenty four is a bomb next back year. We'll see. Um, God, it's it's just it's interesting to see um, how hip hop has evolved for better and for worse over over the last ten to fifteen years. Um, but but once again, I think we're getting to that point. Like Nas said, you know, hip hop is dead and hip hop is dying because if sexy red is the best thing you got to offer, I don't want no parts. Right, and we didn't bring her down. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, it's always been horrible songs in hip hop. Um, and not to you know trash her song. Like that's what's making her money. Salute to her. Like that it's a catchy song. Um, you mess around and find yourself singing it. They play it on the radio, like it is crazy. Like it's, it is what it is. Like it is it is what it is, but it's we need we need whole albums. I think a lot of these guys come out with and ladies come out with these singles now. I think like if you look at Cardi B, for instance, she only got one album in the chamber. Other than that, everything else is just singles, singles. Like all the time, because you can make money off of singles. You can go on a tour off of singles now. You can just put yeah. like three or four singles together over a year span, because that's basically what she's doing. She's coming out with a single, like four singles every year, which is keeping her relevant. And then you can go on and, and do tours, or you know, and let two of those singles be hot. I mean, that, that's more power to them. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm curious to um see um what happens. I'm curious to see um what happens when when Drake comes back from his sabbatical. Uh, I'm hoping he he's getting the the rest and the the mental help he needs. Um, I'm I'm just I'm real curious to see if if two, 2024 is a bounce back year. Um, I know we up against it. We'll have to get to our um the the rest of our our nineteen ninety five stuff. I did think it was interesting today. We had characters day, and there was so many people dressed as Smokey and Craig. I, I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, you know what? Shout out to Ice Cube. Shout out to Chris Tucker. Um, my daughter and her friend for uh, Halloween this year. They want to be uh. Smokey and Craig, man. So, yeah, I'm like, man, that that movie's making a huge comeback in so many ways. And if you look at like Netflix and some of the other stuff during the rankings, um, it, it ranks the movie up pretty high. 
Oh, I, I, oh, I don't have Netflix anymore, so I'm not giving them any shameless plugs. Hmm. I'm not able to share with my Netflix account or have it shared, so I'm not, I'm not signing up to them anymore since they really strictly enforce that now. So, yeah, I'm not rocking with them anymore. <laughs> I sound like a scoring X. No, but I, I understand that because I logged in to Netflix yesterday, and it's like if you want to share your account. Um, you can, but it'll, uh, the bill would be twenty. It was like almost thirty dollars. It's like who the hell wants to? Yeah, like that's stupid. I'm not doing that. And then there's so many different other streaming companies that you can have too. Um, oh, we didn't talk about like the plethora of shows. Well, like we up against it. Um, because that'd be a lot to talk about too. We got so many different things to discuss. Um. And me and Rodney, we have to do a bonus episode, Rodney. Um, yeah. yeah, we have to do one of those for sure. Maybe we can uh, do an episode also while I'm in Tampa. I'm going to be in Tampa for a few days, so I'm going to stay there uh, for a few days after the Lions game. Um, yeah, yeah well, I'll be there Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll we'll do something uh, live from Tampa with Tommy. Um, a bonus episode. Hit 1995. Hit hit the the show that are out right now. Uh, so um, catches on the the B side, and it seems like it seems like the Major League Baseball playoffs is moving so fast. By um, a couple of days when we record again, um, we'll be talking about the divisional rounds or something. So. Right, that's what I was saying, man. They are blowing through this doggone baseball playoffs. Like, every day is like – and they're starting off super early too, Rodney. Some of those games, I'm like, damn, y'all not going to – I thought that they should have it for playoffs. Most of the games should be prime time, But, no, they're coming on at like 4 in the afternoon. And I know today is the hockey uh, the hockey opening day, and, and those games came on at 4. I've been watching them all day, so I'm watching them right now. So – yeah, man. So we'll get out of here on that note. Uh, look out for the bonus episode. Um, and we'll catch y'all on the B side. Peace.